Hey everyone, before we get started, I wanted to take a moment to address the June 24, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Abortion is a basic health care need for millions of women, girls, and people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families. That's a given, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could and probably will have harsh repercussions on other landmark decisions. If you want to find out how you can get involved, you can visit choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And you can find links in our show notes as well. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. We encourage you to spread the word, to speak up, to stay safe and to find the imperfect solidarity that is the only way that we get through this. Thank you so much, and now here's the show. On this podcast, we explore fantastical thinking, moral panics, conspiracy theories, and urban legends, examine the forces that shape our culture, and tell the stories that create the realities we share, and sometimes the realities we don't. I'm your host, Chelsea Weber-Smith, and this is American Hysteria. I have said this before. But I shall say it again and again and again. Your boys are not going to be sent into any foreign war. In May 1940, one week after the Nazis invaded Belgium, the Netherlands, and France, Polls showed that 90% of the American public still did not want to get involved, with President Franklin D. Roosevelt himself long promising that he would not allow the nation to be dragged into the conflict. An isolationist, nationalist mood tinged with our own interest in eugenics permeated the culture spread by groups like the America First Committee that boasted more than a million members and was represented by the likes of Henry Ford and Charles Lindbergh, who was quoted in a 1939 Reader's Digest article saying that, quote, we can have peace and security only so long as we band together to preserve the most priceless possession, our inheritance of European blood, only so long as we guard ourselves against attack by foreign armies and dilution by foreign races. They wore Hitler's uniforms, but they wrapped themselves in the American flag. They preached the doctrine of racial and class hatred, for Hitler had said America could be conquered from within and fall as an overripe plum to the Nazi master race. This was Madison Square Garden in New York City, and not Berlin nor Nuremberg. 
In the most extreme example, 20,000 Americans gathered in 1939 for an explicit pro-Nazi rally at Madison Square Garden, where together they Nazi saluted a giant glowing picture of George Washington surrounded by swastikas and protection from their personal militia who wore uniforms that mimicked the SS. And though these far, far right-wing views were detested by Roosevelt and most average Americans, they did mirror the anti-war sentiment consensus among all types of citizens, right, left, and center, wealthy executives and impoverished farmers, union leaders, college students, and aristocrats. They did not support the use of American oil, food, supplies, weapons, and especially people to defeat a threat that few believed could ever reach American shores, let alone defeat an American military if it did. And though popular support of intervention grew as the Nazis inched closer to a full-on invasion of Britain, Prime Minister Winston Churchill knew that without serious help, they were doomed to fall to the fascists. As is famously known, massive propaganda campaigns were being pumped out by all parties involved, leading to both obvious and shockingly covert manipulations. But one little-known secret mission was uncovered in 1998, when a report previously buried came to light in a fully published form. Only 20 leather-bound copies were made after the war ended, prepared in part by, of all people, children's author Roald Dahl, who during the war worked as a spy for the British. These reports detailed an extensive and almost unbelievable propaganda campaign by the British MI6 that used some pretty unorthodox methods to try to sway American popular opinion in favor of joining the war effort. By 1940, when the Nazi invasions were rapidly taking place, both FDR and his FBI director, J. Edgar Hoover, had changed their stance and privately wanted to enter the war, troops and all. However, they feared going against both their constituents and their colleagues in Congress. And even though the national mood was changing as the threat against the British grew, it still wasn't enough. And so FDR secretly gave his permission to Winston Churchill to begin a modest propaganda campaign in the States that would operate out of New York City's Rockefeller Center under the label of the British Passport Office. Led by Canadian businessman and spy master William Stevenson, the British Secret Intelligence Service sent over hundreds, possibly thousands of agents to figure out how to use American psychology to their benefit. His official assignment was, quote, 
to do all that was not being done and could not be done by overt means to assure sufficient aid for Britain and eventually to bring America into the war. But the boring-sounding agency that they dubbed the British Security Coordination did not have much American oversight, and the scope of their complicated psychological propaganda machine went far beyond what FDR had in mind, and their methods were far from boring. In addition to more standard propagandic tactics like planting stories and opinion pieces in newspapers, ranging from the New York Post to the New York Times, the New York Times Herald, and the Baltimore Sun, they built an intricate political rumor mill whose, quote, objectives ranged all the way from publicizing misleading information about Allied strategy to undermining the prestige of an individual Nazi by encouraging salacious gossip about his private life. When an America First rally against entering the war was held in 1941, again at Madison Square Garden, agents from the BSC printed a whole bunch of duplicate tickets in hopes of screwing up the event by double booking seats. In an even prankier turn, according to writer William Boyd, who investigated the BSC documents, they even attempted to spread information about a game they called VIC, quote, a fascinating new pastime for lovers of democracy, with the express purpose of using, quote, ridicule as a weapon against the Nazis booklets were distributed that presented 500 ways of fighting against fascists. Middle-of-the-night prank calls were encouraged, as was letting the air out of their tires, sticking dead rats in their water tanks, and other ideas too, quote, His lady friend can receive anonymous letters stating that he is suffering from mysterious diseases or that he is keeping a woman and six children in Detroit. Street musicians might play God Save the King outside his house all night. There was even a system in place to keep score of your points, along with other good Americans across the nation, though I couldn't figure out how that worked. As Dr. Eric Kurlander spoke about in our recent episode, The Supernatural Imaginary of the Third Reich, many of the Nazis' highest-ranking members, including Heinrich Himmler, Joseph Goebbels, and Rudolf Hess, were steeped in occultism and border sciences, things like astrology, psychic phenomena, methods of divination that they thought could be used to further their world domination. They were also aware of what astrology specifically could do for their cause, with the head of the Nazi Foreign Intelligence Agency telling Himmler's personal fortune teller, quote, astrology is a vehicle for the propagation of political concepts. 
The Nazis opted to plant astrologers sympathetic to their cause. And as it stood anyway, most astrological publications were already pro-Hitler anyway, printing flattering versions of his horoscope and the future of the new Germany. In the U.S., Nazi-sympathizing astrologers were a growing problem, too, and the BSC intended to counter them with a rock star seer of their own. The German-born Louis Duvall was fond of wearing flowing silk robes that he topped with small, round, fashionable glasses and the expensive cigars he was always smoking that he kept in leather-bound boxes around his chaotic, book-filled apartment. As the Nazis rose to power, Louis, who was at least half-Jewish, fled to London in 1935, where he took on a new identity, working to integrate himself into the highest echelons of British society. The flamboyant Louis knew how to work a room, how to cut an impressive figure, and he did not shy away from telling tall tales about a fascinating but utterly fabricated life. He claimed to be related to the Lord Mayor of London, a nephew of an Australian orchestra conductor, and the wealthy grandson of an investment banker. He started to develop an interest in astrology, perhaps genuine, perhaps part of a money-making scheme, perhaps both, and began writing books and newspaper columns on the subject eventually charging a pretty penny to read horoscopes for foreign diplomats and high-ranking military members. More after this. You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well, your spring can be a little more stress-free with Factor. Factor will provide you with delicious, never-frozen, ready-to-eat gourmet meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Each week, you get to choose from a menu of 35 options to create your perfect breakfast, lunch, or dinner with absolutely no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And Factor makes sure you get exactly what you want. You can tailor deliveries to your schedule and customize how many meals you want each and every week, and you can pause anytime. So just head to factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 and use code American and Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code American Hysteria 50 at factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And now, back to the show. Once he'd been established as one of Britain's finest, he was invited to London's Spanish embassy, full of the political and military elite. Louis turned his high drama up to an 11 and batted his otherworldly eyelashes at a duchess and told her he was an astrologer. An astrologer, how exciting. And what did this duchess want to know right off the bat? The horoscope of Adolf Hitler, of course. As Louis described his predictions, the British foreign secretary began to eavesdrop, fascinated by what he was hearing. As he continued to give his readings to high-ups in foreign governments, Louis also caught the ear of Major Gilbert Lennox of MI5, who wrote to the War Office, quote, I have made a private arrangement by which I get reported to me the names and details of Louis's clients, as it is often of considerable interest to know who is consulting an astrologer and for what reason. And it's sometimes even more interesting to hear the advice which the stars give. The degree to which MI5 actually wanted astrological information to base their own military moves on is disputed. But regardless, Louis knew that that wasn't really his main purpose. In his report to MI5, he wrote, quote, By making exactly the same calculations, the astrologer is naturally in the position to find out what Hitler will be told by his advisors. It is entirely irrelevant whether we ourselves regard astrological advice as valuable and scientific or as useless nonsense. All that matters is that Hitler follows its rules. If the Nazi party was indeed planning their military strategy to the movements of the sky, MI5 thought that using their own astrologer, they might be able to see the same things and predict what the Nazis would do next. They also thought that perhaps using public astrological predictions from a renowned astrologer that announced the imminent downfall of prominent officials could also help the agents fuck with the heads of the Nazis. They also thought that they could use the same predictions to rally an American public into entering the war. More after this. And now, back to the show. 
The BSC actually created a one-man department for Louis that would operate out of the fancy New York hotel room they were paying for, and he officially became the Psychological Research Bureau. His stated mission to, quote, shake public confidence in the invincibility of Adolf Hitler. When crafting his new image, they needed to distance him from Britain, presenting him to America as the Hungarian astrologer. The British playwright Ben Levy, who also worked for the BSC, had been tasked with delivering Louis payments in untraceable cash, as well as any new intel needed to shape his predictions climbing the fire escape once a week to sneak it in through the back window. At his first press conference in America, he read his prepared remarks with flair. He told reporters that he had conducted extensive astrological calculations and discovered that Hitler's horoscope showed doom on the horizon that his planet Neptune was in, quote, the house of death. And then the BSC sent Louis on a national astrological tour, as well as a secret undercover propaganda mission. And he was off to do what we all love to do, talk hella shit on someone's sign. And talk shit on Hitler he did with his Horus Sun, Libra Rising, and Capricorn Moon. He gave speeches far and wide, talking to the press almost constantly, who would in turn print his predictions about what he saw as a star-crossed Nazi Germany. Under the headline, Seer Sees Plot to Kill Hitler, the New York Sun ran Louis' assurances that the fascist leader would be dead by the end of the year. Hitler needed to appear both weak and near to his end, and also a constant threat that needed to be beaten back by all means necessary. As Louis wrote in one of his columns, quote, Hitler's chief jackal is moving into the house of violence. He also told of other imminent deaths of high-ranking Nazis, as well as Hitler's beloved mistress, Eva Braun. He did not hold any punches against the isolationists in America either, especially Charles Lindbergh. Perhaps Louis' most biting prediction was that Lindbergh's infant son, who was famously kidnapped and ransomed in 1932 but never found, was not only alive, but, quote, being raised in a Nazi school in East Prussia to become a future Fuhrer. The Federal Communications Commission changed their lifelong ban on astrological content to give Louis some national airtime, the exclusive interview dubbing him the modern Nostradamus. He claimed to see in the stars a clear message that Germany was planning to invade Brazil, and the only way to stop them was for America to rally and finally join the war effort. Quote, we can't predict a date for his defeat, Louis said. 
But if the United States enters the war before next spring, he is doomed. The New York Sunday News also printed an interview with Louis titled, Hitler's Stargazer Sees Heavenly Stoplight in which he told the reporter that he had in his possession a genuine confession letter from Hitler's personal astrologer, claiming that the leader would, quote, suddenly disappear and Germany would lose the war. The letter was, of course, total bullshit. But that was only the beginning. After that first press conference he gave in New York City, where Louis predicted the coming defeat of Hitler, Americans got word from a newspaper in Cairo that had printed a very similar prophecy from their own prominent astrologer, quote, Four months hence, a red planet will disappear in the eastern horizon, a dangerous evildoer who had drenched the world in blood will die. And then word came from Nigeria, where a priest saw another vision. This one of five men standing on a large rock, assumed to be Hitler and his core collaborators. He saw the quote, tall, fair-haired, blue-eyed one in jackboots slip from a high rock and fall shrieking like a madman. Similar visions came from astrologers in China as well. With each of these stories forged and disseminated by the BSC. Things got even more elaborate after that. Louis teamed up with prolific British propagandist Sefton Delmer, writing out the horoscopes of Nazi generals, and one that showed that Hitler would inevitably be betrayed by those closest to him. The interesting part about these predictions was that they weren't printed in a British newspaper, but instead in counterfeit versions of the German astrological publication Zenit. The plan was to make it seem like underground astrologers in Germany were covertly publishing their own horoscopes, the very same ones that Louis Duval had been writing in America. This way, it would appear that despite the ban on astrology in Germany, Hitler's own citizens were working against him, and they too agreed with Louis and the other worldwide soothsayers that his defeat was written in the stars. Soon, Louis made a much more specific prediction, quote, A strong collaborator of Hitler, who is neither German nor a Nazi, will go violently insane. He will be in South or Central America, probably near the Caribbean Sea. And then, wouldn't you know, just three days later, the U.S. media reported that the Nazi-allied High Commissioner of the French West Indies had done just that lost it so badly that he was kicking and screaming and had to actually be restrained by his staff. 
This rocketed the already popular Louis Duvall to mythic proportions, and the public was transfixed. Hungry for the Hungarian astrologers' next big prophecy about the war. All of this was also bullshit. The High Commissioner of the French West Indies had not gone insane, had not been restrained by his staff. The BSC simply had that playwright sneak in through the back window of Louis' hotel to deliver these prepared predictions. Then they fed the false information about the High Commissioner to the American media, who printed it as fact, seeing as they were not able to reach out to the Third Reich to confirm the validity of the report about their ally. By the end of that summer, the American public would also hear from the American Federation of Scientific Astrologers after they held an annual conference in Cleveland, reported on by the Associated Press. They collectively agreed with Louis. They too saw Hitler's death and Germany's loss just over the horizon. Yeah, I bet they did, considering they were totally fake, also a complete fabrication by the BSC. These manufactured astrologers and manufactured predictions were all an elaborate construction by the BSC to help legitimize Louis Duvall as the true soothsayer of World War II, who could see in the future the demise of the great villain of the world. That is, as long as America intervened on behalf of the British. More after this. Friends, hello. I'm Mike Regnetta, the host of Never Post, a new and independent news podcast about and for the internet. In addition to bringing you the latest in current events, we try to figure out why the internet and the world because of the internet is the way it is. How did influencers destroy tween fashion? What is posting disease and how do you ensure you don't catch it? From what device must one send important emails? We talk about what's going on online and ask together why. Why are we like this? Find Never Post wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces. If Great Britain goes down, the Axis powers will control the continents of Europe and Asia and Africa and Australasia and the high seas, and they will be in a position to bring enormous military and naval resources against this hemisphere. It is no exaggeration to say that all of us in the Americas would be living at the point of a gun. Ultimately, the United States would enter the war only after the 1941 bombing of Pearl Harbor, 
when a passive role could no longer be maintained and public opinion was overwhelmingly behind the decision, including America First groups. And so the main initiative of the BSC was completed. And as they began to redirect their efforts, their star astrologer quickly became more trouble than he was worth. It was delicate, though. They really needed to find a way to let this eccentric, unpredictable showman down easily, lest he betray important military secrets. One MI5 agent was also concerned that Louis could, quote, become a very dangerous enemy owing to the considerable influence which his charlatanism enables him to exert over the superstitious in high places. Louis eventually annoyed himself into the rank of army captain, mainly for the splendid uniform. His friend later described it thusly, quote, Louis was like a boy who had just received his Christmas presents. He stood up, he sat down, stood up again, walked around the room and looked into a large mirror in silent admiration. Of course, this peacock had to spread his plumes, and he was placed under surveillance after rumors went around about his love of strutting about in his newly pressed captain's outfit. MI5 and MI6 started sending out stressed out memos to each other that called Louis everything from a dangerous charlatan to a bumptious seeker after notoriety. But this notoriety-seeking had first played into the agency's favor. Because in the several years before Louis' arrival in America, British agents at the Government Code and Cipher School had been intercepting Nazi radio messages and instructions, sometimes from Hitler himself, that had been turned into codes created by the Enigma crypting machine. British intelligence had eventually been able to crack this code without any paranormal assistance, but of course, they didn't want the Germans to know that, which meant it needed to be a secret from their own military as well, since there always seemed to be double agents lurking in the ranks. So when strategic moves were made, informed by the messages they were decoding, they simply blamed it on their brilliant astrologer Louis Duval's calculated planetary prophecies. The agency knew that Louis was a notorious bragger, and indeed he flounced about telling anyone who would listen of his incredible otherworldly knowledge, saying that he had been instrumental in directing the destruction of an Italian Mediterranean fleet during the Battle of Cape Matapan, taking full credit for this and other seemingly miraculous military moves. But now, with all this new knowledge he had, his big mouth was a serious problem. In fact, he was considered such a liability that his handlers developed 
three possible ways to dispose of him. The first being to whisk him away to permanently live somewhere remote where his own movements would be restricted. The other two plans that were being considered, those were eerily redacted from the reports. But lucky for Louis, he got distracted by his next thing, converted from Judaism and became super duper Catholic while writing a bunch of biographies of saints and then marrying some woman in the Catholic Knight Secret Society of the Order of the Holy Sepulchre. Louis Duvall was truly high drama through and through. In those BSC reports that were released in 1998, agency leader William Stevenson had revealed what MI5 thought of Americans. Quote, It is unlikely that any propagandist would seriously attempt to influence politically the people of England, say, or France through the medium of astrological predictions. Yet in the United States, this was done with effective, if limited, results. There is disagreement about how much of these BSC activities, including those of Louis Duvall, were successful in swaying public opinion in the months before Pearl Harbor flipped the national opinion completely. But regardless, this is a story worth telling. One of a paranormal propaganda campaign against the menacing Third Reich one that attempted to use the Nazis' own magical thinking against them, and to use America's magical thinking to try to convince us to finally intervene against the coming worldwide domination. These British agents seem to know what the Nazis knew, that any war, whether literal or cultural, is more easily waged when it becomes animated by a spiritual streak, by myth and by magic, by God and the devil, by pseudoscience, by the fortune-telling stars above. Because no matter how fake it all may be, massive amounts of power can still be conjured from the mystical stories we tell. This was American Hysteria. If you'd like more of our show, you can become a patron by heading to patreon.com slash American Hysteria, where you can get access to Hysteria Home Companion, our patrons-only talk show where producer Miranda and I discuss all the hottest gossip from the cutting room floor. We've got episodes about the polyamorous cult of Ayn Rand, celebrity alien abductions, the truth about the extreme haunted house McKamey Manor, and most recently, a two-part series of the unknown history of the Manson family. That's patreon.com slash American Hysteria for Hysteria Home Companion and more. You can also head to AmericanHysteria.com to get your hands on some of our merch. And you can follow us on social media at American Hysteria Podcast on Instagram and at AmerHysteria on Twitter. American Hysteria is written, produced, and hosted by me, Chelsea Weber-Smith. Sound designed by Clear Camo Studios, researched and co-edited by Riley Smith, 
and co-edited and produced by Miranda Sickler. Thanks, as always, for listening. And may any magical thinking that you do entertain keep you strong. Have a great week. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com